to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey. It sucks when you don't have nails. It really, really is painful doing that. Um, uh, joining me uh, this evening, I have uh, an experimental noise uh, visual and performance artist um, who uh, has a project that came out earlier this year. It's called Continue To. Um, really interesting listen. Um, pretty uh, forward-thinking noise stuff there. Uh, I'm excited um, to talk to her all about her passions, her creativity, and why she does what she does. Uh, George Jackson, a.k.a. Tamper Tamper, welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> How are you uh, <laughs> Cool, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good. It's been a wild um, last few days. I had people visiting me, um, and life is crazy all the time. Um, I feel like I have a, paradoxically, a lot of like social things happening. Um, just like a lot of people that I'm trying to keep up with right now, which is great, but it's also a lot and a lot of like emotional effort. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, um, I, I, I'm with you there. Um, it's challenging to adapt to. Um, I mean, the, the podcast does make it a little easier for me to do that because, like, you know, it's an opportunity to like catch up with somebody, but also like get to know them. But mm -hmm. um, in terms of like existing relationships, it is hard because, like, it's hard to like. I don't know. I mean, some people I can do it with, like you know, be like, yo, like, what's been going on, and, like, how are you doing through all this, but other people, it's like, yeah, how's, uh, how's your quarantine going, like, mm -hmm. what do you do it, it's like, a lot of people are just, like, existing, you know? Yeah, that's accurate, I definitely feel, um, this, this new term that I recently coined, um, a portmanteau, that is displociation. Okay. Um, so like dissociation and flow as in like the flow state, the psychological concept of like when you're just sort of moving through time. And I mean, specifically like flow as the psychological concept refers to when you're like focused on a thing that you're challenged by the right amount where it's stimulating, but not like too much. And it's, um, satisfying and rewarding, um, but also I experience dissociation from reality and like it just feels like a sort of surreal, like I think the, the image of like a circle just rolling feels a lot like what life is like right now, just, but there's also like a, a stagnancy in that Hard to really put it into one concise yeah. metaphor, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think that that's pretty accurate for a lot of people. Um, you know, it's especially when you like day by day, like you know, like quarantine aside, just deal with things like anxiety, depression, just like yeah. the dissociation you were talking about, like you know, having these unprecedented times of absurdity surrealism mm -hmm. as well as just you know political socioeconomic chaos that we've never lived through before is so um it it just feeds into a lot of bleakness so i i've i definitely hear you like there's some days where like i just feel like outside of my own body you know yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. But I think that, um, you know, getting to have interactions like these helps a lot, though. Also, mm -hmm. uh, going on walks and uh, bird watching, that helps me too. Bird watching. Yeah. Are you yeah, a. Bird I am. A bird. Yes, I am. Yeah. I, uh, my dad raised me with the hobby. Oh, really? That's very cool. Do you, like, know, presumably, you can, like, 
identify birds better than the average person. Oh yeah, I <laughs> I uh, cool. I used to read like the the bird guides when I was little, like for fun. Um, and like we had a bird theater when I was growing up, and I used to just watch it for hours. Like I just thought it was so interesting how like it's this communal space that birds just like eat and socialize and hang mm -hmm. out like yeah no I um I uh, like my partner and I like have been trying to go to more nature walks and stuff like you know in the last couple weekends and um I saw uh, a rose-breasted grosbeak and I got so excited <laughs> well thank god right I, I mean we're all just looking for that rose-breasted grosbeak yeah. <laughs> you, do you know anything about birds george oh i'm sure that there are some fun facts tucked away in my mind bird facts i definitely love a good bird you know i love how they're just like chunks of muscle but also like so light and fragile i think they embody a beautiful uh contradiction <laughs> quite a way to look at them yeah yeah <laughs> there's um i mean there are many many kinds of them um and i mean i'm still like amateur with the whole thing like mm -hmm. my dad is like way better at identifying them than i am but but yeah i mean i i feel like i this year like definitely with quarantine like i've revisited it because for the longest time like i had nothing to do with it but yeah, I mean, it's nice, um, you know, I just being like observant of nature undisturbed is very therapeutic. Yeah, yeah. It's one of my core values really is like connection with nature and feeling like your place in the whole ecosystem, you know, and That just leads me right to the concept of um, how humans, we so often will disconnect ourselves from nature. And like, there's even the distinction of something that's natural versus man-made. And it's like, what, at what point did humans become not nature? Like, are, how, where did, you know, like I get the argument of like, we're so advanced and, all our technology and whatever, but everything is ultimately nature, you know? Like we just came from evolution and then we like take elements that came from the earth and the universe and we manipulate them really specifically into like computers, but like that's just an extension of nature, you know? That's cool. what I, it's my That is a, yeah, that's a cool way to look at it too. Like it's basically nature unless someone touches it. That <laughs> mm -hmm. seems to be like the, like the deal breaker yeah. between what is nature and what yeah. isn't considered it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I try to live my life as a part of nature. Good. Yeah. Well, I, I think, uh, so what we were talking about on this one, this guy we talked, love and fear, passion and creativity. And George, we first met uh, February? I think it was yeah it was mr nice guy sorry yeah yeah it was mr nice guy show that i hosted in february and i remember um i think you were like talking to a mutual friend of ours hans jaeger ah yes shout out to hansy he is hans. one of my favorite humans um but i remember like like you were like talking to him because he was he was part of one of the bands that played that night and mm -hmm. then um you came up and introduced yourself and you were like i really yeah 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 yeah, yeah you were like i admire what you do like mm -hmm. it's nice to meet you and i was like oh mm -hmm. well you're very kind uh let's be friends you know i'm mm -hmm. i like to get to know people outside of this whole show thing um so uh we so that was like when we initially met and then like you showed me some of like your artwork and your um uh 
recordings and you have a website that you obviously compile all the different media mm -hmm. that you work with and you do have quite a um quite a like um sprawl of like many different things and like i think that's really cool so i guess like to start um normally i ask like when i'm talking to somebody who's a musician like when did you when did music become a creative outlet for yourself but i guess it's like we can since you do so many other things like like when you were younger when did you start finding an outlet through artistic expression well it feels a little um <laughs> cliche i guess to say but you know it always like ne there was there wasn't a beginning it was just always there um regarding uh music my family is all very musical my parents um are like very much musicians and i have one brother who is also he's older and he's definitely a musician as well um so i just grew up in that environment and it was always music always us playing music always um uh i would say more in the perspective of like well i compare myself to one of my closest friends families who is more about like listening to music there's this sort of culture of listening to music and like current music popular music um and then there's the other category that i define of more playing music and more like music theory kind of stuff which seem like two different worlds which of course have overlap but yeah my family was more the performance and like theory like more like classical sort of influence um and then with visual art um i guess that always just that's more my thing than anyone else in my immediate family um but my mom definitely always like encouraged that and had some Mm. I guess I think of like my mom teaching me how to draw like a flower. She has this specific little tulip sort of drawing that she does. I'm getting totally <laughs> away from this initial question. Um, That's okay. That's it's always, yeah, music and art in every way have always been a part of my life. Uh, yeah, it's hard. There's no like pinpoint to pinpoint. Yeah, it wasn't like an aha moment or anything. No, no. Naturally yeah. um, clicked with it. Um, where did you grow up? Des Plaines, Illinois. It is right outside of Chicago. The, that's where uh, McDonald's is reported. The original, um, the first franchised McDonald's was in Des Plaines. Yes. Excuse me, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm from the south suburbs of Chicago. I'm from the Tinley okay. Park area. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I'm sort of familiar with that area. Mm -hmm. So you grew up there. And uh, you went to my ad, right? I did. I did. I brought you up here. Yeah. Um, my up. Yeah. <laughs> I majored in new studio practice, which just means fine art really, but they try to give everything these jargony names, you know, to make it seem exciting or classy yeah. or something. <laughs> okay. I, you know, I don't know if you saw that meme that was going around recently, but it was like poorly explain what you do for a living. And, um, I mean, my, my major was in journalism, advertising, and media studies, but I just said I write words about sounds. <laughs> so mm -hmm. that's... That's pretty great, though, actually. It is great. I mean, I'm not, it's not like a, I'm not like, a, I wouldn't call it like a 
not a full-time job because I'm not really getting paid. I mean, I, I get like a monthly, like, um, amount of money to do it, but it's by no means like, just like my income. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, right now that's my unemployment. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's what I allocate my time and passion to every day. So Mm -hmm. yeah, they, sometimes they do like make it real fancy and stuff like uh mm-hmm. so i guess like well did you so does that mean you kind of just like worked with a lot of different mediums in college yeah um they my ad recently transitioned from having the program be where you had to choose one specific medium to major in um and then they have been working to figure out a more open system which currently is NSP, new studio practice, where you just major in like fine art and then you can work with whatever you want, which is really great because I never would have been able to have chose one thing. Never. (laughs) I, I probably would have had to like, my life would be different if I had to choose one medium to work within. And I don't know if I, like could have done that it's hard to even imagine what that would have been like yeah like and from what i like saw on your website it looks like you just you kind of like define the artistic value of a picture or an object or just whatever whatever like it is we're looking at based on just what like that may like subjectively mean to a person like because i know that like first thing you see when you when i go on your website is the picture of a cat in a bathtub you know like that's just like a that's a feel-good thing you know i i've I've lived with cats my whole life so i love cats Mm -hmm. and um you know the just kind of i this an irony to a cat being in a bathtub because usually it's like it's like a terrifying yeah. like, hell on earth for a cat so I mean it's kind of funny it's kind of cute but it's also just like you know this just random like snapshots of of you know the stillness of your surroundings that can just be somehow defined artistic meaning to and that's just like what's amazing about art about the idea of it mm-hmm yeah, I definitely, um, there's the big concept of like art and life and how those two things are either different or the same. And I believe in a, a full integration of art and life. I try and I think I succeed in, I hope I succeed in, in living an art life. Um, I really value just like every moment being potent in that sort of artistic way. Uh, I feel like I always just look for meaning in things um, in, a, in a really like existentialist way. Um, existentialism is a big part of my practice um, and like deciding what is real and what is meaningful and fully like knowing and believing that what I choose to value like is what is valuable because there is no objective reality. So why not decide for yourself? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I mean, I think that that's especially relevant right now when we're exposing just the just the absurd um values we assign things in under our capitalist system like Mm -hmm. like we learn money is fake jobs Mm -hmm. and labor are fake you know like like it's it's just so like it's all been just societally constructed to make us place meaning on Mm -hmm. things like working for minimal pay in order to like 
make ends meet and in a survival to fittest type scenario. But it's like, that didn't have to be the way things were, but it's just mm. how they've evolved to be. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, just exposed that like, no time is, even time is fake. Time is a social construct, you know? Um, yeah, so we'll, I think there's a lot of existentialists that have come out of uh, 2020. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. My people. Yeah. So, um, did you? So, like, you said you came from like a musical family. Did you? Um, like, mm-hmm. so did you like play instruments growing up? Yeah. Um. So a big a big part of the family thing is vocal singing, doing that. Um. So we all sing. Um. I think that is the easiest thing to sort of just have as like a part of your life because it just comes out of your body and children and people just sing that's like a part of everyone's lives um and then in third grade when i was like nine i think uh i started playing flute um and it's very interesting because i love flute so much but if I had to choose an instrument now, that never would have been the one that I would have chosen. Um, But yeah, third grade, I started flute. Um, Fourth grade, I started learning violin. Violin didn't really stick. I never quite related to it. It just like didn't feel right. So that's the only instrument that I've ever like officially given up on (laughs) is violin. Um, I mean, if I had one again, I'm sure I would be interested to play it, but, um, and then in like seventh grade, you know, you got to start playing ukulele. So that's what I did. Uh, it's kind of like written in the stars. It is. It really (laughs) is. Especially at that time when like the initial ukulele uprising was happening. (laughs) That's right. Um, and, uh, I tried to play guitar back then, didn't really stick, tried to play piano, um, but now I definitely, like, I think voice is my primary instrument, um, ukulele is, like, my sort of fun, easy thing, uh, I have a dulcimer, which is also, like, fun and easy, but I wouldn't say I'm, like, good at it. I have um, a bass, which I've been getting into for like a year-ish, sort of just fiddling, figuring that out. That's definitely the the first line in a lot of my recent songs that I've been publishing is like, I'll just do a bass line and then sing on top of it. Um, Guitar is still like, not so much, but also, I got a piano. Oh, here, here's that. There's the cat that uh, was in that picture. <laughs> there's Bean. Hi, Bean. Um, so I got this piano recently from uh, Jay Jocelyn. Oh, shout out to be my neighbor across shout the Shout out hallway. life, really lifetime achievement award. Yeah, and so he was moving out, and it was easier, I guess, for him to give me the piano than to move it. So I've got this beautiful um digital piano different than a keyboard it's fancy it's classy it's high quality um and i've been getting really into that lately um is that a french horn it is a french horn i actually can't play that at all (laughs) it's not mine but yeah i can make a sound happen but yeah it's not it's not a traditional sound I yeah I remember I was in um I was in band in middle school and like I remember like that was a thing French horn is like the most difficult wind instrument hmm. to learn in school but yeah um, well that's cool it sounds like you have a quite a neat selection of um of sound makers yeah I love my sound makers oh I also I guess I should say this thing right here if that makes any sense. This is the JOM, which is an acronym for Janky Overtone Machine. 
That is an instrument that I made out of branches and guitar strings. Um, the strings were supposed to each represent a pitch of the harmonic series, which is like a music theory, physics concept. Um, but it's very hard to keep it in tune. So it's more of like just a totally experimental instrument that makes some really weird sounds. You should, uh, are you going to patent that thing, you know? You know, I don't know how well that would work because it literally is shifting as an object in physical space. It is not a stagnant object because <laughs> the strings, like it's, it's all these, um, you can see it on my website, but it's these branches going in every which direction and then strings connecting different points. So as the tension sh shifts, it changes shape. And in the like three years that I've had it, it initially was flat and now it takes up probably like a foot of depth. So it's really, it's shifting. So yeah, the patent might be hard to achieve Damn. if I don't have a stable object. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's part of the object is the inherent shifting, right? Yeah. You can always build another one once it gets uh, inoperable. It, yeah, I don't know if it would be another one so much as a different instrument. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just something complete. But it could be a series, yeah. Sure, yeah, there yeah. you go. Um, yeah, so, um, so like, so you're talking about like, we're talking about noise and like, you know, mm -hmm. using unconventional objects to produce sound and like, um, you know, I've interviewed a couple noise artists on the show. I've interviewed Peter Woods, mm. who has like five different noise projects. Um, At least. <laughs> yeah, and they're all different, something different, which is cool. Um, I've interviewed Eli Smith. Um, he's a great dude. And he, I've seen like some of his improvised sets that he does with his guitar, where he'll like play his guitar like a drum, or he'll like, grab like a pile of like household objects and play his guitar mm -hmm. with it and it's cool stuff um i know there's a lot of that sort of stuff at the jazz gallery mm -hmm. um but um i didn't really start like listening and consuming noise until this year actually um this i feel like when quarantine started um you know i was feeling super like um I was in a weird headspace where like I just needed I felt like I needed to listen to music that was capturing just like some of the chaos that I was confronting both within myself and the world around and so I started listening to noise music um and like both locally in Milwaukee but also um some bigger artists and like yeah it's it's it is vast. It is a vast um, rabbit hole to go down. Um, like, I mean, it's cool because there's like this very electronic noise music, but there's also very like, um, there's also noise made with everyday objects. There's noise that's made with conventional instruments, just in just a different way, like what I like what Eli was doing. So, yeah, it is. Um, it's it's a really cool thing because it like completely defies everything we've grown to understand about music and like i just it was it's nice to have something that just tears down um you know what you consider music and what you don't consider music but yeah things like harsh noise and watery textures and ambience that like puts you in a different realm like it's all so so cool and i really really like it mm -hmm. yeah we love noise i mean i feel like you were saying something just now about or i guess in uh in the realm of using traditional instruments to make noise 
uh, and even using anything, I feel like, well, I, I come from a very like music theory based perspective. Um, and I feel like even in a lot of them really, really like bizarre, dissonant, like just wild, completely unstructured sort of noise or experimental stuff, oftentimes you can still find music theory concepts um, to, to put some structure to it and to explain it. I think that's maybe like one of the most beautiful ways to look at experimental music uh, to, yeah, to find like sort of tangible points to hold on to for me. Cause yeah. I'm, I love to put things into the theory perspective. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Kind of just like weave it in together in a way that, you know, just feels right in the moment or, you know, it builds into something bigger and like, yeah, like, that's a big thing that Peter was kind of touching on, like, when he was on the show, like, talking about, how, like, you know, noise music kind of exists without a, outside of a cultural context, you know, it just kind of, like, builds its own context, um, because a harsh noise piece of music could be 10 minutes of, like, basically the same exact sound, like, uh. that's just in a loop, you know, and you know, it just ends whenever the artist feels like ending it. <laughs> and um, yeah, and it's like, it doesn't have to make sense to anybody, like when it's upon first listen, but it can, you can kind of create your own definition, like of, of it or its own like context, like, oh, like this, you know, this may have not, like, I had no idea what I was listening to when I first heard this, but now it's like, now I listen to this when, like, you know, my mind is just, like, going nuts and I just need to, like, slow down and, you know, hmm. like, listen to something meditative. Um, and that's something I, I think I've personally used, like, some noise music for, um, because a lot of times it can be very meditative. But sometimes it can be the opposite of that. Sometimes it can be absolutely fucking, you know, erratic yeah. and spontaneous. Yeah. And so that, <laughs> you know, so like that being said, um, so I want to talk about um, your project, Tamper Tamper. Um, where'd you come up with that? That, that name, Tamper Tamper. Tamper. Um... It was a few years ago, or no, it was like one year ago. And I am struggling to remember the actual basis of the idea, but I remember having it on a list of possible names on my wall. Um, but where did it come from? I don't know. I don't know if it had like a, a specific, I think, it was one of those things that I, I liked the, the feel of it. Um, and then I was able to like retroactively see the metaphors in it of tampering in terms of like messing with the physical world and like that as being my way of making music is sort of just like tampering with things. Um, and it also just the, the feeling of it is, it feels like, mm, like playful, I guess, and sort of quiet, like subdued. Um, and I feel like there's like a curiosity and a, yeah, I guess like qu quiet playfulness is the feeling that I get from that name. And I think that's 
that like felt right to me. Kind of, it's kind of sounds like some like. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, so I know you've you've uh, released a couple recordings under the name. Um, the recent of which came out in February. Uh, continue to. Um, so yeah, it's uh, seems um, it's like almost acapella at some points. Um, at some points it is acapella. Mm -hmm. um, but like, yeah, I guess like, um, where did like, how would you, I guess, how would you describe the origins of like where that project came from? Yeah, um, the last few things that I've been working on have been through the process of it's been a process of me coming to understand and legitimize the sort of playful endeavors that I've had before. Um, I do a lot of improvisation and I do a lot of, like a lot of those recent songs um, have been just from like a phone recording when I have an idea and I'll just document it. Yeah. Um, and for so long, I would make those phone recordings with the intention of just capturing that idea to later make into something more polished. Um, and then I think it was like October that I published the uh, feel, the album feel. Uh, and that was a really big turning point for me where I just realized the things that I've been doing, like that can be my official music and I don't have to confine it to the realm of just ideas and like note taking it can be that thing that raw unpolished thing can be the final product and that was really exciting because that reflects so much of what i value in my visual and audio work um that just pure documentation of experience um, and improvising is a big part of that. And yeah, I think there's something really, really beautiful about capturing one moment and having it unedited. Um, but even more recently, I've been getting into kind of editing things and adding in additional lines with other instruments and doing some like effect sort of manipulation which is usually just basic stuff that actually mimics the work that i do with cassette tapes and like the physical manipulation so like simple things that are just like cutting splicing turning backwards um so i've been sort of recently mimicking my analog practice and my digital practice. Um, but that actually brings up a really good point um, of a thing that I've been, a thing that I figured out pretty much um, when I was in school, because when I went to school, um, I almost felt like I was betraying myself by choosing visual art over music, because music probably because of the like socialization aspect of it and the way that it's um, like in my family, it has always felt like my sort of greatest core value um, more so than visual art. Um, and, but of course, visual art is also really important. But so when I went to art school, it was like, I was worried that I would 
not pursue my musical and sound practice in the way that I wanted to. And the big thing that I discovered is that I could combine the two. And that was just wild. And now I realized that I can just do both and they can be one thing and I can make installation immersive performance pieces where it's both visual and auditory. So best of both worlds. That's right. Worked out really well. <laughs> and especially with like tapes as a physical object. That's why it's one of the big reasons why I love tapes so much is because they are an object that exists in the world. They're both an art object and a art sound experience. Sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, one of those one of those tracks that's on your on that project was it like DIY ASAP? Uh huh. Tell me about that that thing. Um, that was de definitely like you know it's is the most like energetic and explosive mm -hmm. uh, thing mm -hmm. on there. Yeah. So that one is in a completely unedited recording of my friend Ash Smith and I. Um, we were just hanging out one night and she has this beautiful bright energy all the time that makes me feel beautiful and bright and that was just the vibe and we were just feeling it and we were just DIY ASAP and that was just like we were just chanting that already and then I started recording and there you have it. Yeah. DIY. You, DIY or DIE, you know? Yeah, I, I agree. I, I live by the, those ethics as well. Mm -hmm. um, and then there was that Halloween track. Um, mm -hmm. The first one. Uh, tell me about that one. Because that was like, you know, it's very like drawn out and it's used mm -hmm. to being like mm -hmm. some, you know, lyrics like very like viscerally. Mm. So that one, I feel like I'm going to forget something because there was so much that happened there. But the basic premise was that I was walking home from a Halloween party. Um, it was rainy and it was nighttime. And I really just, it was pretty much an equal combination of wanting to past the time as I walked home and also a way of processing all the experiences that I had just had um, and like working through my emotions and documenting that moment. Documentation is a big thing for me. Um, and so yeah, I was walking home, I was just recording in my phone um, and a big part of that, a lot of the melody that I use there is actually stolen from this song, Homeward Bound, um, which is a really like classic middle school choir piece that my brother sang in the state-wide like, sort of competition thing that is run by, I think every state has one. Um, in Illinois, it's called IMEA, Illinois Music Education oh, yeah. Association, yeah. I think. Um, but so that song had a special meaning to me and I always loved that melody. And so I was sort of just like using that melody, but then also like exploring around it um, and putting whatever lyrics came to mind. Uh, I guess a big point is that, yeah, I, I mean, I was just recording, so it was fully improvised as pretty much everything is that I've done recently. It's always fully improvised um, and then just broken up and changed a little bit. Um, oh, that's Yeah, I don't know if there isn't much else there. Uh, there are a few, like, I love the sort of field recording aspect of it too, that you hear 
cars passing by and people and somebody says hi to me at one point that's probably my favorite moment it's just like somebody says hi to me in this really nasally voice and i just say hi <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah the art and life thing is definitely present there and totally yeah that's awesome that is cool i mean taking a simple interaction like that and incorporating it into a some kind of artful context mm -hmm. um so do you um do you uh like perform at all like do you do any have you done like any like sets i really i haven't had a lot of opportunity to perform live um i've only done a few things here and there um i definitely want to definitely looking to definitely would i've always been trying to make an actual like ensemble band group with people yeah. and trying to do things with other people or even just with myself um but yeah i haven't no i haven't really been able to like get out in the world a whole lot but i well, want to yeah i mean hey once shows are a thing again i mean they're not yeah. really right now so it's not like you're missing out on anything but once they are, um, yeah, um, I mean, that would be, sounds like it would be a cool and substantial experiment um, based on like what you've already been doing. So um, yeah, hopefully that definitely happens. Um, so I guess the last question for the sake of time is, uh, yeah, like what are you working on now? Like what, um, yeah, like what, uh, do you have planned in store for the next couple of months? Well, currently, um, mostly I've been working on piano stuff and trying to get a hang of piano. Um, as I sort of said earlier, it's been, piano has been like sort of in and out of my life and never really stuck, but I think it's sticking this time, which is really cool. Um, and uh, bass, I guess is my other main focus right now. And uh, I have one track that I am working on. It's almost done um, called Our Hour Hours. <laughs> uh, and that will probably be out soon, as soon as I decide that it's done. Hard to decide when something is done when I work in my style yeah. where it's very like, off the cuff and supposedly raw, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard to find, I'm still finding the balance of like how much I want to edit things and how clean versus how just pure I want them to be. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm sort of just fiddling, um, still making recordings. I think I might start another uh, autobiographical documentary which is the thing that is also on my website, um, a, a series that I've sort of continuously been working on of taking, uh, somebody once called it the ultimate home video, <laughs> which I think is really great. Uh, just capturing moments, trying to capture feelings and the experience of my life. So, I think I might start another one of those to add to the series. Yeah. We love to see it. Um, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I look forward to checking it out, like uh, giving you, bring it to fruition. And yeah, like um, the way that you are conveying, um, conveying some kind of like, whether it's, a statement or just a a movement or you know you're painting some kind of picture using both audio and visual avenues like it sounds like you've you've got a lot of imagination and that you can look at everyday objects you can hear everyday sounds and find some sort of aesthetic value to it and i think that those are some of the most brilliant and beautiful minds or those that can do that. So 
I'm very excited to hear what you got working on um, and uh, be looking for it. So, um, George, as we uh, close out, as we're running out of time here, um, what keeps you up at night? Hmm. I think probably worrying that I'm not as present in each moment as I'd like to be. I worry a lot about things passing me by without without being able to fully experience and process them and like value them for all that I'd like to. I yeah. Struggle. I do struggle with that too. Um, yeah. One of the worst parts about that is like when you like are experiencing something, whether it's like in nature, whether you're, you know, you come across like some serenity in nature and like, mm -hmm you kind of like battle whether or not you want to like pull out your phone and like take a video or a picture of it, or if you just want to not do that. And yeah. just, I struggle with that a lot. <laughs> yeah. uh, Cause I want to be able to like remember it and like archive it for like, you know, if I want to mm -hmm. remember something that I experienced, like it's good to have like, you know, a snapshot or a, documentation of it but at the same time it's like is it always necessary to do that and yeah yeah very very much things that i think about there yeah what puts you to sleep mm, probably when my little bean is sleeping with me which can we get a bean cameo Oh yeah, bring Bean over here. He's asleep under the chair, so I won't pull him out. But my cat Bean will sleep with me when it's not too hot. He'll sleep by my feet every night, and that's all. That's all I need in this lifetime. Big and shout, little... Bean. Yeah, Hell big yeah. shout. <laughs> well, uh, thank you so much for being on the show, George. Um, I'll be posting a link to your uh, music and your website so that people can check it out. Um, and, uh, thank you for watching Mr. Nice Guy, everybody, and, uh, make sounds that, you know, don't mean anything and make them mean something. Or, yeah. 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 Please. It's, it's Please pretty. Please everyone do that. Yeah, that sounds awesome. perfect. <laughs> well, thanks for watching Mr. Nice Guy. We will see you next time.